Hi, it's Angelina. Welcome back to episode three of Thank God I Got Cancer. Today, we're going to be talking about going to the hospital and having surgery. Something you want to be really mindful about is who you're going to tell that you have cancer. Years ago, when I stopped drinking, I was surprised to learn I didn't have many friends left. This is a common occurrence with people who quit drinking, because whether you know it or not, you have a set of drinking friends and non-drinking friends, but you don't know who your real friends are until you stop drinking. Guess what? The same thing happened when I told people I had cancer. Now, some people got closer. They called and texted and asked what they could do, but many pulled away, including family. And that's okay. I'm sure they don't know what to say, unlike people who really care and just say, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. Say goodbye to your fair weather friends. Honestly, that's not who you want around when you have cancer anyway. But here is a list of the stupid things you might hear from people. Can I have your jewelry? I know someone who died from that. This is really inconvenient. At least you lose some weight. It's only stage one. Oh my God, are you going to have that pelvic mesh put in that I keep seeing on those personal injury ads? Hey, you should take alternative medicine. You probably got cancer from your microwave. Warning, stupid things people may actually do. Cry. High drama. I actually had someone tell me I was causing them stress by telling them I had cancer and they didn't need any more anxiety. I told her it was a good thing she wasn't the one who got cancer. Total abandonment, not just from friends. Many relationships and marriages end during and after this crisis. You don't need people around you who aren't supportive anyway. Now is the time to weed out the chaff. Gossip. This is really juicy, and they thank God it's not them, but you will be a hot topic of discussion. People will also treat you like you're weak or fragile. Don't take this crap from people. I didn't. I would even say, don't treat me like I'm sick just because I have cancer. Don't be afraid to speak up. Now, don't confuse this for playing the cancer card. You are definitely going to want to do that. But you should save that for when it will be the most dramatic and impactful. It has more impact on someone when they don't know you have cancer. And that way you can enjoy it when their guilt sinks in. Really, you don't want to use that more than once. Make it count. Puppy dog eyes. Don't allow people to pity you. In fact, if they say, oh, I'm so sorry about your cancer, then you should find something physical on them and comment on it. For example, say, I'm so sorry you wore those shoes with that shirt. There is a fringe element to some church people. I had people tell me that if I wasn't living a sinful lifestyle, I wouldn't have gotten cancer. Don't listen to that crap. If everyone who sinned got cancer, everyone would have cancer. You can get upset at the stupid things people say or do, or you can write them down and make money from it. I'd advise you to keep a journal. Other people's stupidity can equal comedy gold. Your own stupidity, however, should always be omitted from anything you write. July 29th. The day of the operation, I was feeling a lot of anxiety. I had a whole speech prepared for God. I was going to do what a lot of us do. I was going to bargain with him. God, if you let me live, then I'll do that. Ha ha ha. Why do any of us think we have any control over anything? I had no control over what was about to happen during surgery. When I arrived, there was a nice surgical nurse who checked me in. I had her laughing the whole time she was getting me prepped for surgery. She is what I call an easy laugh. I love people like that because she laughed at anything I was saying. This is terrible encouragement for someone like me. 
By the time I was lying on the gurney, and after I met the anesthesiologist, another nurse said she was going to give me something to relax. Oh, good. I definitely needed to be relaxed. My husband came in to see me off, and as I was lying there, my heart monitor made a funny noise. Actually, it was more like the sound of an air raid drill. We looked at the monitor, and it flashed in yellow. Skipped a beat. I tried to remain calm, but I yelled, Nurse! Nurse! Why did my heart skip a beat? That can't be good. I'm about to be put under. She came over and laughed. You're nervous. Sometimes our hearts skip a beat. You're going to be fine, she said as she reset the monitor. I thought that was just something writers say. Hearts actually skip a beat, I asked. Yep. Why don't I give you something else to make you relax, she said. I didn't know it, but I was only going to have a minute to tell my husband to remarry if he had anything happen to me. He looked at me sincerely and said, I would never marry again, just like I know you would never marry again. Oh, yes, I would. And you should, too. You're no good alone, I said. I wasn't afraid. I mean, if something happened to me, I knew he'd never find anyone like me again. God really broke the mold when he made me. Very violently, I imagine. And good night, nurse. I was out. The next thing I remember was my doctor waking me up and telling me everything went perfectly. They injected dye to make sure they got all the cancer out. Everything looked like it should. I was glad because I went night-night before I even got a chance to negotiate with God. Who was I kidding? Certainly <clears throat> not God. I had friends and family visit. I didn't even remember some of them coming in. I was on some pretty strong stuff. I felt bad for Winnie. She told me this was the same oncology floor where her mom passed away. Seeing me there for her brought back a lot of bad memories. Things to take to the hospital. Your cell phone and charger, slippers, bathrobe, ID, insurance card, music, headphones, snacks, books. Don't bother taking a mirror or your makeup. You're going to look terrible, so don't even bother. July 30th. I was going home. Hard to believe I had cancer one day and then literally woke up and didn't have it anymore. I was walking, able to keep food down, and all my vitals were normal. The only thing was I couldn't drive for two weeks. Maybe some people would love that, but for me, I was convinced it would be like imprisonment. My husband had to leave. Our governor was coming down from Tallahassee to meet my husband and his partners on the job site. So I did what any good wife did. I told him I'd call my mother and ask her to drive me home. This upset him. He said he felt guilty, which is not usually an emotion I let go without milking a little bit. But I convinced him this may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He said, but you had cancer. Hopefully that too will be a once-in-a-lifetime thing, I said. Go, seriously. As I walked to the door to stop him, I said, wait, bring Governor one of my books. He'll think it's funny since he's from Naples where it's set. Make sure you tell him I would have been there, but I had cancer surgery. I know you think that that's ridiculous, that I couldn't stoop so low. Well, trust me, I didn't get where I'm at in life by not taking advantage of certain situations. I'm an opportunist, and it's not like it wasn't true. One famous author came to my writing group one time and said, you don't have to sell a million books. You have to sell one to the right person. Well, here, I was just giving it away. When I got the green light from the nursing staff, I started getting dressed. I was actually going home, and I was totally normal again. Well, I had a catheter. That wasn't going to be pleasant, but I was happy because I'd be recovering at my house.
When the discharge nurse and my oncology nurse came in to check me out, they went over the paperwork and aftercare instructions. That's when I saw it. It was terrifying. It was the diagram of what the catheter's job was and how it was attached. Oh my God, I squealed. That's how that thing is staying up there? To which they both laughed hysterically. How do you think it was staying up there? The discharge nurse asked. I don't know, NASA technology? I thought it was orbiting me or something. That's disgusting. And now that diagram is burned into my brain. I closed my eyes and opened them. No, I can still see it, I said, to which they laughed again. We were almost done with the paperwork when the nurse wanted to make sure I knew not to have sex. I just looked at her with a long pause. <laughs> Seriously? That's deeply disturbing to me that you have to drive that home. I'm at no vacancy status right now. People are freaks. Yes. Yes, they are, she said. God knows I'm no prude, but seriously, people, that's nasty. My mom came to get me, and I was wheeled away. I told the hospital staff I hoped I would never see them again, but I knew I had to write the hospital a letter commending them on their outstanding staff, from the girl who brought me my meals with a smile and small talk to the nursing staff and doctors doing their rounds. This hospital was outstanding. They transformed a potentially terrifying experience into a good one. I was confident this journey could not be kept to myself. I didn't want someone else to go through this without knowing what to expect. My husband said the governor was nice and noticed the dedication to my book was to the staff at Hazleton in Naples. And like any good politician, he promised he would read it. He remarked that he was a big reader and liked humor. You never know. I could tell when someone thinks I'm funny in person, they laugh. But like email or texting, you don't know how someone is interpreting your words and text. And I know not everyone has my sense of humor. Too bad. The world would be a better place. Humor has always been a great coping mechanism in my family. But that's irrelevant. My husband didn't get much time to talk with the governor anyway. Just enough time to give him my book. And really, I'm just trying to get the word out about those. I had so many people coming in and out of my house that I contemplated tying a big bow on the tube of my catheter. It was just there. The hospital staff didn't want me continually getting up and down, so they gave me a huge, conspicuous bag to collect pee until I could get up and use the to-go version. I know this is going to anger some people, but for me, the catheter was worse than the whole cancer process. I mean, all I did was show up. The doctors and nurses did all the work. That's so typical of me. I have a problem and other people clean it up. Thanks, everyone. Wi-Fi was laying down with me on the sofa. She only left my side to go to the bathroom and eat. She had never done that before. She was also playing with my catheter tube every time I got up to go to the bathroom or eat. I don't know why she found it fun to chase my tubing. She has a sick sense of humor. My friends Winnie and Joy came over tonight with dinner. I was so glad my husband can make eggs and chili, but that's it. And obviously that would get old very fast. The good news was I didn't have to cook at all. People had offered to bring me meals for the next two weeks. The bad news is I have a huge ego and think I'm a great cook, yet everyone else's food tasted so much better than mine. Oh, well, maybe they'll hold a cooking class for me when I'm well. For those who couldn't visit, the flowers, plants, and get well cards started coming in. It was nice to feel loved. Not by everyone, though. There were certainly key family members and friends who knew about my situation and A, didn't care, B, were too distraught to reach out. Some people don't know what to say. All they have to do is stick a card in the mail or tell you that they're thinking about you. 
If you have any suspicion someone doesn't care about you, it'll be confirmed when you have cancer. And it's okay. It makes it easier to revise your will. You'll be surprised by who stays and who flees and who rallies around you in this time of need. It happens to all cancer patients. And if so-and-so wasn't nice to you before you got cancer, don't think they're going to be nice to you after. On the next episode of Thank God I Got Cancer, lots of bad news. Wait for the healing rears her ugly head. I find out I have permanent damage after my surgery. And that's not all. The doctor calls me into his office for more bad news.